this is awesome. Um, yeah, I know it's a, it's a crazy time. So I, I really appreciate you, you know, taking a few minutes and, uh, this is awesome, man. This is unreal. So, um, sure. so, uh, maybe you talk about how you, uh, got started playing basketball. Um, so I have, uh, older twin sisters. Uh, they're about five years older than me. Mm. And, and when I was growing up, uh, kind of just did everything that they did. And, uh, we lived in Charlottesville for a while and they rode horses. So then I, I like started riding horses. <laughs> um, and then they started playing softball when, when we moved to Roanoke. Uh, so I started playing baseball and then, uh, when they were 13, they were like six feet tall. So they, they went out for like a, an AU team or something. And then having never played basketball before, made the AU team and I was eight. So I, I just like, I'll, I'll just start playing basketball. So my dad uh, signed me up for a, a peewee, you know, rec league team. And uh, I was uh, not the best player on the team and we were 0 and 15. So <laughs> it's, been, it's been a slow and steady. Amen. Uh, climb grand, grand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah, you got the haircut too, right? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. quarantine buzz, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's tough times, man. Once, uh, once it reopens, the, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a grind for them. So, uh, Oh, for sure. Barbers and nail salons. A lot oh, of yeah. people are going to be, uh, trying to trying to get some action. So, yeah, you know, yeah, my, yeah. my four, my, my almost four year old, his, his hair was getting in his eyes and uh, I didn't really feel like using scissors. So I said, yeah. uh, uh, I really want to buzz your head. And yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's like, all right, I'll do it. If you do it. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> hey, so he, we, caught, he caught you with that one, man. Yeah. yeah we did it out in the yard. Him. We did it out in the yard. No mirror. We just yeah, like, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Something's got to give man. Something's yeah. got to uh, JJ Reddick, everybody legend shooting guard for the pelicans joining us uh unreal so so dope to have him on so um another thing i want to ask you about was um you know playing for duke you know you play you know 18 or 19 years old you know how do you handle that you know mentally i remember you talking a little bit about that on um, part of my take um but dude like i can't imagine like <laughs> like how do you do that man like i'd be freaking out 18 19 years old yeah that noise in your head playing for duke how do, how do you handle that well, there's nothing that really could have prepared me for, for playing at Duke. Um, you know, I, was, I didn't grow up in like a, like a super big place and, and kind of, uh, you know, was sheltered a little bit in some ways uh, growing up. And so, you know, you get to Duke and uh, people are uh, screaming at you and saying crazy things. Um, and, and, you know, at the time, especially, it felt like, you know, you were just in this fishbowl of like college basketball and Duke basketball. And, um, you know, it was overwhelming for sure. Um, you know, I spent, uh, spent some time my, my last three years at Duke with like a therapist just to kind of like help me talk through things. And, uh, and, and that was really, you know, helpful. And I think ultimately, like, I had to, I had to sort of grow up myself, you know, um, and I think maybe in some ways, um, the, the animosity that, you know, came from other fans at 18 or 19, um, maybe, maybe forced me to grow up a little faster than I would have otherwise. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Yeah, because, you know, I remember you saying, like, you were even thinking about quitting 
basketball. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, there was a, there was a stretch there my sophomore year where I really struggled uh, just with, you know, the, the passion, I think the joy of playing um, some of that was, you know, again, just not being prepared for, for what uh, entailed being a Duke basketball player. And, and some of that was just, you know, trying to, trying to find yourself a little bit at 19 years old. But yeah, I had my, my sisters on campus. Uh, it was probably around December, my sophomore year. I was just like, you know, I don't really want to do this. Kind of want to just be a normal kid. I kind of want to just take the classes I want to take and do what I want to do. Yeah. And, you know, in some ways, um, you know, I've always sort of had that relationship with basketball. It's continued to leave now. So um, it was a good lesson to learn, though, um, just about, you know, perseverance and, and sort of understanding um, that the mental grind of, of really going after, um, really going after something uh, can, can get to you. And, and so you have to sort of be willing to uh, accept those, those valleys, you know, cause uh, we all want the peaks, but you have to be willing to sort of get down in the valley and just accept it and, and, uh, and bounce back. Yeah, no, man, respect, man, respect. Um, because you did all four years at Duke, you know, would you do that over again? Would you spend, you know, looking back, would you no. do all four years again? Spend all four? No, no, not a chance. But, um, you know, at the time, that the go, you know, I wanted to go to Duke. I don't really, I didn't really have like, I guess I had aspirations to be in the NBA, but I didn't think that that was necessarily realistic. So, like, I was really, my mindset was just like maximizing you know, my time at Duke. Um, and if I could do it over again, maybe I, I would have just like gone in with the mindset, like I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to train really hard and I'm going to try to leave after like my sophomore year. Um, Cause I, I don't think I would have just been one and done, but you know, I, I, I was more like, let me enjoy my freshman sophomore year <laughs> as a college kid. Um, and I, you know, I could, I could have left after my junior year, but um, hadn't won a national championship yet. And the, the Duke scoring title was within reach. And, and so I felt like I, I, uh, I wanted it to sort of give the, the team uh, championship thing another go and, and also, you know, break, uh, break Johnny Dawkins record. Yeah, man, you, that record still stands, man. So let's go. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. <laughs> it's awesome. So uh, yeah, cause you know, one of your teammates, you know, Zion, you know, Williamson, um, you know, he went to, he went to Duke as well. Um, you know, just last year, you know, did you, you sort of like talk to him, you guys ever talk about like, you know, all that noise, you know, playing for Duke being, you know, top players in the nation. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely talk about, I mean, look, you know, he uh, and I are very similar in that we, we really just enjoyed our Duke experience. Um, and we both have a ton of respect for, for coach K and, um, and learned a lot from him. Um, you know, the, the, the Duke basketball, you know, sort of uh, motto of like the brotherhood is, is it's actually a, a very real thing. And, you know, we all kind of, we all take care of each other, look out for each other. Um, you know, I'm, I'm friends with guys that, you know, played in the eighties and nineties. Um, you know, one of those guys is my favorite Duke player of all time, Trajan Langdon, who I, you know, I now work with in, in New Orleans. He's our GM. 
Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Coach K has, has, has really built an amazing program that, you know, we have guys uh, all over the place, um, you know, not just not just in basketball, but but guys doing really amazing things all over the country. Do you think uh, your time at Duke would have been different if there was social media? You know, if that was more popular? Yeah, I mean, if I had behaved the way I did my first two <laughs> years with social media, I would have got kicked off the team and possibly kicked out of school. So, <laughs> hey. Hey, uh, we're, we're no, yeah, no, I, uh, I think, I think in some ways it's, it's harder now. Um, and you live in even more of a fishbowl. And, and, you know, a lot of these kids, um, you know, they're 15, 16 years old, and they have, you know, a million, two million followers on Instagram. Um, you know, platforms like Overtime and, and Ball is Life and, and Bleacher Report, you know, they've, uh, they've made celebrities out of high school kids. And I think in, in some ways it's, it's harder because, you know, mentally, emotionally, developmentally, like, you, you can't really process those things at that age. And, uh, it is, you know, going back to Zion, it is what makes him so unique and so remarkable is that he's just so uh, level-headed and humble and even-keeled. And, and really, for him, it's not about the celebrity or the fame, but it's, it's about just hooping and how much, you know, he loves to go out there and, and compete. It's, it's really impressive. Yeah, no, I mean, you guys both have a lot in common. I mean, you guys are teammates now. Um, yeah, no, another thing I wanted to ask was, now, what was a tougher transition like you know going from high school to college or was it going from college to pro? you know what, what was more overwhelming um i think i think at every level as you step up there's that moment where you realize it's tough so i don't think one was harder than the other right um you know i think Maybe going from JV to varsity, I think is probably easy, <laughs> but you know, going from, from you know, public school, Virginia basketball to, um, to, to high level ACC uh, as an 18 year old was, was a huge challenge. And then, you know, going to the NBA where, you know, you're 22 and, and you're a little undersized and uh, you have a target on your back, uh, that was, equally challenging as well. Um, and, you know, you have your highs and your lows, especially early on. And you, you know, the, the lessons that I learned at Duke and what I went through at Duke uh, certainly helped me deal with some early disappointment in my NBA career. Um, you know, specifically, you know, like after my second year, I felt like, you know, it was just at that point a matter of, of survival, you know, <laughs> it was, yeah. It was like, well, I'm not playing at all. You know, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta do something differently. And for me, that was just uh, really focusing on, on my body and and continuing to work on my uh, on my skills. Yeah, no, man, for sure. So I mean, you talk about like having that target on your back. You know, you're drafted first round, eleventh overall, by the uh, Orlando Magic. Um, you know, talk about like that first first day in the locker room, man. Like. You see Dwight Howard, you know, all these big names, you know, uh, you know, did they, did you feel like, you know, immediately you had a target on your back? You know, did you already feel like the rookie, you know, were they playing games for you as a rookie or, or. Uh, no, I mean, it, it, back then 
rookies were rookies. And so you, you had to probably deal with a little more shit. We're, we're, we're so easy on our rookies now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they have to sing happy birthday. Like get Chick-fil-A for the plane. Like I I saw that. Yeah. And I mean, you used to, you know, like Turk, I love Turk. Turk used to pick on me in practice. We got into a couple scuffles, scuffles in practice. I think I got into it with Carlos Arroyo one time in practice, yeah. um, you know, and, and uh, you know, Keon Dooley, who was such a, a great friend and great mentor for me. Um, when I first got there, he used to talk so much shit to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, and, and, and too, I, I mean, you, you're, you know, I'm young and I'm probably a little, a little cocky at that point. Um, so those guys let me have it for sure. And then, you know, and then, you know, I wasn't playing a lot. So then you, you check into a random game. I can remember pretty early, uh, maybe a you know, month or two into the season, uh, there were some injuries. So I got to, I got to dress out cause I didn't, I didn't dress out every day till like mid January. Right. So I got to dress out we we're playing in Detroit and this is when they were, you know, a 60 win juggernaut, um, coming off the Oh five final or, or I'm sorry, they, they were in 06. So 05, they were in the finals. Um, and then uh, this was 07, 06, 07. So, you know, they had Rashid and Rip and Chauncey and all those guys. And I checked into the game. And, I mean, I, it was like I was, I was fresh meat to them. They, they, yeah. they, they just, like, went at me. Yeah, and Sheed, yeah. was, Sheed, Sheed was talking so much shit on the bench yeah, so, yeah. as soon as I checked into the game. It was great. It was great. Yeah. No, I, I saw the uh, I saw the Chick Fil A thing. Uh, I, I heard that. So did did Embiid start that that whole? Because I thought I read something like Joel Embiid made rookies like eat Chick Fil A sandwiches before like they went on the plane or like because I I know you do that with Zion right? Like you, you made no no it's it's been going on for a long time. Yeah, um, yeah, probably since Joel before Joel was in the league, but like there was a stretch there, you know, going back to like maybe like 2012, 2011, 2012, where like the rookies were supposed to get Chipotle. So everybody, you know, they would give them your Chipotle order. They'd call ahead, they'd go pick it up. Um, And then it became, now it's Chick-fil-A. So it's, you know, five, six years of like Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Um, I'm sure our nutritionists and strength coach and trainers are not. (laughs) too too excited about us eating chick-fil-a but you know what they come up to the front of the plane and they get the extras so they, they got they're not complaining that, they're not hey, complaining they, they gotta respect that like chipotle yeah. especially now like it's tough times with delivery like chipotle and, and chick-fil-a are keeping us going so yeah for sure for they sure. gotta do it but uh yeah i mean uh i didn't this is that was a little off topic but um something i wanted to ask you was um you know you also played in the 2009 nba finals um, you know, talk about like, you know, just that atmosphere, you know, with the Orlando magic and, you know, you're playing on the big stage and, um, yeah. and, and, you know, Kobe Bryant against the Lakers, you know, just being a part of that, like being present for that. So, yeah, no, uh, that, that entire, uh, 09 playoff run was really, uh, the turning point in my career. You know, I'd really dedicated myself, uh, the, the summer between my second and my third year, I uh, went back to Duke and, and trained all summer, uh, completely transformed my body and um, felt like I was in a really good place to start my third year. And, you know, I played 17 minutes a game, which was a career high. Um, but, you know, I had sort of an inconsistent year. and There were some nights I 
I wasn't in the rotation. I think I played 64 games that year. So we played Philly in the first round, and uh, Corky Lee broke his face in game five. Yeah. So we're up 3-2. We have to go to Philly uh, in a closeout game, and I'm starting. Dwight had been suspended, so Marcin Gortat is starting. He has a double-double. I hit five threes. We went on the road. Um, then I have to guard Ray Allen for seven games, you know, against yeah. the defending champs, the Boston Celtics, and Ray's like, you know, my idol. Uh, yeah, Ray's my idol. So, yeah. um, you know, that was uh, – and, and, and then, you know, I didn't play a ton in the Eastern Conference semifinals against Cleveland, um, but then saw some minutes um, in um, – in the finals and you know there's a couple games there where I saw really meaningful minutes even down the stretch um and you know that whole experience going back all the way through the first round and 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 you know playing meaningful minutes in playoff games uh all the way through the finals was uh was a turning point it gave me incredible confidence and um you know then there was you know for my fourth year on it was like you know just getting better every year and gaining more and more confidence uh, but playing in the finals, there's there's really just nothing like it. I mean, it's it's you know it's like the Super Bowl. I mean, you you go to the practice and there's just hundreds and hundreds of media members. Everybody's got a little station. Um, you know, all eyes are sort of on you. It's that time of year where nobody really cares about baseball, so uh, everybody's just watching the NBA Finals, and uh, it's uh, it's 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 a really cool experience. And you know, that was my third year. We have everybody under contract. And I, uh, I just assumed that I would be back and uh, haven't gotten back since. But it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, it really would, if I could, if I could get back to the finals and, and win a championship, that would be, uh, this was the last thing for me. And I'd be, I'd be good after that. I'd hey, be good after that. Come, come over to Boston, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, um, no, I mean, that's, that's in, you know, I feel like, you know, do you feel like Duke uh, prepared you for that, you know, playing on that big stage, you know, was it, you know, okay, I could handle that pressure at 18 through 19. Now I'm in the NBA finals playing for the Magic. Um, you know, do you feel like Duke sort of prepared you for like that kind of pressure on the big stage? Uh, you know, for sure. But, but also, um, you know, I think if you're just wired a certain way, like that, that's not, you're unaffected by that. Um, if you, if I go think back about like high school, um, and you know, hitting big shots, um, my first year with Boo Williams, I was a ninth grader and, you know, playing up with the 17s with the, with the, all the rising seniors and, uh, hit a buzzer beater in the sweet 16 of the nationals and, uh, won a game, got us to elite eight. We ended up uh, losing the final four that year, following year, in the uh, in the semifinals game in the final four of nationals hit a hit a buzzing three to three against Mari Stoudemire's team, and that year we won the national championship. Um, you know, in in the state tournament my senior year, I hit game winning shots. Um, you know, at Duke you're you're playing with pressure every night, um, so I think it's just just how it's always been. Um, and you know, I can even think back to. You know, my free agency meeting with Doc uh, when he, you know, he had just gotten the Clippers job. And I was uh, coming off about two months in, in Milwaukee. Uh, we were the eighth seed that year and had played my last year, the majority of my last year in Orlando, my seventh year in Orlando, where, uh, you know, we were basically trying to lose at that point. You know, they were rebuilding. They had traded Dwight the summer before. 
so I kind of experienced this year where I was like, I'm not really playing meaningful basketball right now. And uh, I remember in the free agency meeting, I said to Doc, like, you know, I have an offer on the table. I'm not going to say the other team, uh, but <laughs> I was like, I have an offer on the, the table, like, you know, and it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to play for an irrelevant team. I want to play meaningful basketball. I want to play uh, deep into May and hopefully June. Right. Um, you know, those are the things that you, you know, I, look, we play a team sport. So like, those are the things that matter to me mm-hmm. is, uh, is, is, is winning and, 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 and connecting with guys and, and, you know, the, the feeling you get, the feeling you get after a road win in the playoffs, there's just, there's just really nothing like it. There's just really nothing like it. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome, man. So like, what was your initial reaction when you got, you know, traded to the Clippers? Like, was there... This well, I saw, well, I, it was a sign and trade. I, I signed with the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, like, were you, were, you, were you sad, like, um, or not sad, but, like, were you sort of, like, you know, reminiscing on your time with Orlando, or, or were you, like, ready to go and, and start your new – Well, you know, I knew, I knew there was a chance my last year in Orlando that I would be traded, and so I wasn't really surprised when I got traded at the deadline to Milwaukee. Um, I thought I was going to go back to Milwaukee and – you know, I just basically heard crickets for uh, for two months prior to free agency, and yeah. they didn't they didn't even contact me. So, um, yeah, I thought I was going to end up going to Minnesota or Detroit, and uh, and then and then Doc, you know, basically the night of free agency starting, I was in LA. He was like, "Hey, do you want to get dinner tomorrow?" And I was like, "Well, I'll hold off on everything else I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Let me wait and see what this dinner entails." And so I uh, that was Monday night. Tuesday morning comes, we're waiting to see if, you know, the Clippers can sort of, can sort of come up with some cap space right. uh, to make it work. And that would mean trading Eric Bledsoe and, uh, and basically trading Eric Bledsoe and getting rid of Karan, Karan Butler's expiring contract. Um, so Phoenix is like, we'll facilitate. Um, and then basically LA was like, we're not doing this. So I committed to Minnesota. I committed to Flip Saunders. He's in the process of negotiating like trade kickers and player options on the fourth year of the deal. Right. Um, Clippers call back and they're like, hey, you know, Babby says, you know, Babby was in Phoenix. He's like, Babby says it's back on. We can make this happen. Yeah. Uh, I think Sterling's going to approve it. Um, Milwaukee, you know, basically got two second round picks, I think, future second round picks out yeah. of facilitating the three way trade. Yeah. Uh, we ended up with Jared Dudley from Phoenix and then, you know, I came over. Um, and then, so then this happens on a Tuesday. I'm like, great. Yeah. I had a flight in like an hour back to Austin. So I go back to Austin. We're hosting like all our friends for uh, July 4th. And um, we're getting ready to go out uh, to dinner. I don't know if it was July 4th or the night after. Maybe it was, uh, actually it was July 4th. It was, uh, yeah. we we're going to go over to watch fireworks. And we're like, I'm in my closet putting my shirt on. And I, I get a call from Doc and he's like, he's like, you better play for me, motherfucker. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that's the plan. And then he starts speaking in all these like cryptic tones and cryptic words. And I'm like, I'm like, this guy's off his rocker. Yeah, too yeah, much yeah. beer on July 4th. What's yeah. going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get off the phone with him and I call my agent. I'm like, yo, what's the deal? <laughs> yeah, they don't, yeah. they don't answer my phone. They don't answer my phone calls or my texts for 48 hours. And then Saturday. I finally get a call from my agent and they're like, yeah, uh, Sterling tried to back out of the deal on, on the morning of July 4th. And, uh, and you know, doc, you may have heard the story, but doc was like, basically like, I'm, I'm, I'm quitting. Like, I, I'm not, this is stupid. Like you agreed to yeah. do something. 
you know, my agent's furious. He's on the phone with David Stern. Like if, if Sterling does this, like we will, yeah. we will fucking sue. Like, cause at yeah. that point, like everybody had already signed everywhere. There was really no other option. Right. For me. Right. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a, you know, I, they kept me out of the stress, which was great, but like, right. man, that would have been crazy if, if he had uh, backed out of the deal. Yeah, no, man. Cause like, I feel like that's something like fans don't really see sometimes is like, you know, the sense of like free agency sometimes where like we sort of see it as like freedom for the players, you know, they get to, you know, pick and choose, but it is like a business. So like, you know, maybe, you know, did you feel like, do you feel personally with free agency, is there more of that freedom or is it like more stressful and like always on your mind? Like, you know, I feel like it's either the best time for players or like a really stressful time. Yeah. Um, I think for some guys, like, they get to sort of take their time uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, they know they're going to get a max contract from any team that has cap space. Like, I don't I – don't, maybe they're not stressed. Maybe they are. I don't know. It's a big, oh, yeah, like, yeah. decision no matter what. Uh, uh, you know, especially when you have family. Uh, right. You know, I think I was a free agent for three straight summers. You know, I, mm. I did I, – my, uh, my last year in L.A., I signed a one-year with Philly. And I signed another one-year with Philly. And then this past summer, signed a two-year deal with New Orleans. So, it was three straight summers. And um, – the first summer I was really stressed because I put a lot of like, you know, I was like, oh, it's going to be my last deal, uh, 32 or whatever I was, 33 at the time. And um, and so I'm like, oh, it's going to be my last deal. I got to get a four-year yeah. deal. And like when that <laughs> didn't happen, I was like so stressed about it. Um, right. Ended up getting a four-year deal. So yeah. it just uh, one plus one plus two, you know. Yeah. So um, it all it all worked out. Uh, this summer wasn't, wasn't particularly stressful um, just because, you know, you know, we got things done super early and, mm. um, you know, the only really stressful thing was like trying to figure out if, if Philly was going to want me back or not. And, right. and that was, that was about it. Yeah, no, that's, that's tough, man. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you're, you've been grinding it out, major respect. So, uh, congrats on that deal with New Orleans too. So Thank you. I'm pumped about that. Um, you know, with the time of the Clippers, you know, one thing I want to ask was like, uh, you know, what was the difference between like the first day in compared to like the last day um, with the Clippers, you know, throughout the regular season? Because, you know, there was sort of that hype, you know, with like Doc Rivers, you mentioned, um, you know, what was it like, and, you know, playing with CP3 and Blake, you know, what was that, what was your relationship like with those guys? And, you know, you stay in touch with them once in a while today or? Uh, yeah, I was actually texting with Chris earlier this morning. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I mean, uh I think on the first day, you know, for me, at least I'm going to a new situation. I don't know Blake. I don't know DJ. I don't know Jamal. Um, I had known Doc a little bit just because we had golfed together a couple of times when, when we both lived in Orlando. Um, uh, you know, so I, I don't I, – and I know Chris, but we didn't get along, you know. So it was like uh, about a month before the season starts, uh, Brandon Bass had a, a wedding uh, in Houston. And so we drove over from Austin – and I didn't know CP was even going to be there, but CP and Jada were there. And so the four of us before the wedding, like we just had a couple glasses of wine and like caught up and, and I was like, Oh, I, I actually kind of like this guy, <laughs> like, <laughs> even though I've hated him for the last, and he hated me too. So we yeah. hated each other for like, you know, you know, nine or 10 years at that point. Um, and, and now we're, we're super close. Uh, I, I think the biggest difference, you know, your first day, there's an excitement, there's a, there's a newness to everything. Uh, and then when, 
you know, you have four years together where you have some pretty, pretty like epic meltdowns. I mean, we, you know, 3-1, uh, we lose to Houston, um, had some terrible injury luck um, in that year because Christmas, two games against Houston with the hamstring year three. Uh, Blake tears his quad tendon, CP right. breaks, his, breaks his hand within the five minutes of each other the same game. Year four, Blake tears, a, tears something in his toe against Utah. You know, every series we lost, we were up in the series. So, like, by the end of it, you're, you're – it's it's just natural for a group to sort of, like, point fingers. And, yeah. um, you know, if I could go back, I feel like, you know, I've, I've learned a lot of lessons uh, the last three seasons, really, you know, just about uh, being more vocal and, 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 and trying, to, trying to bring people together. Um, and, uh, you know, I probably, probably would have done that a little bit more. Not that I didn't do it in L.A. I just would have yeah. done it a little yeah. bit more. But, uh, yeah, no, I, my relationship with, with most of those guys are great. Jamal, Matt Barnes, Doc, yeah. CP, DeAndre. Um, love all those guys. I eat Austin. Love, yeah. love yeah, it's all, yeah. yeah, we're all good. I was gonna. Say, I was gonna say, was that weird too? Like having Austin on the team, like him being the son of Doc. Was that was that kind of weird? Or, uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was weird at at first, you know, just because it was so unprecedented. But um, you know, Austin, we re, you know we realized Austin could play and yeah. played hard and could guard, and and we uh, you know it didn't take long before we it just felt normal to have him on the team. Yeah. No. Definitely, man. And then you know, the following year, you go to the Seventy Sixers. Um, you know, what, what made you, uh, you know, pick them, you know, what, what made them an intriguing destination for you? Cause you know, they were also a team that were making some noise similar to LA, you know, they have Embiid, you know, Ben Simmons is improving his game. Uh, they just draft Markel Fultz first overall. Um, maybe talk about like, you know, that decision that you made with, you know, signing with Philly and maybe how, how did it compare with the Clippers, you know, playing with the Clippers as well, you know, the Sixers versus the Clippers. Yeah, uh, you know, I think the the, well, the big difference was expectation because you know going into that first year, we were it wasn't even sure that we would be a playoff team. You know, if you look back and Kevin Pelton's uh, projections and BPI projections on ESPN, I think you know we were somewhere between like thirty three or thirty seven wins. Uh, so it wasn't like we were expected to even really be in the playoffs. Uh, we ended up getting the three seed and winning fifty two games that year. Um, so a lot like it was just the group sort of just got better throughout the year. It was a really fun experience, but just picking them, you know, I, I, um, I was obviously waiting to see what would happen with the Clippers. Um, and, and, you know, Lawrence Frank called me a few days before, maybe two days before free agency and said, we're going to trade CP and, and we're going to go in a different direction. Uh, so I totally, I totally understood that. And, you know, it became apparent, like, you know, when free agency started, like, it was probably going to come down to, you know, Philly, uh, maybe Brooklyn. Um, uh, Houston was in the mix as well. Um, but what was really attractive about Philly, obviously, the, the one-year deal, you know, we had to negotiate a little bit and get it a little higher. But uh, what was really attractive was just, you know, I felt like it was a great fit for me on the court uh, in playing with Joe and, and Ben, um, you know, uh, and, and the excitement we, you know, just drafted Markell as a number one pick. Yeah. Um, it was an opportunity for for me to grow as a, as a person as well, uh, which uh, was was invaluable. I mean, I just I really just enjoyed my two years there. 
and the impact that uh, that Brett allowed me to have uh, in the locker room um, yeah. just gave me a, a, a ton of confidence as, as, a, as a leader, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's one thing I was thinking about, because like, you know, with LA, you know, you have Blake and CP, you know, you have those expectations. And then, you know, with Philly, you have, you know, Simmons and Embiid. Um, you know, what, what was like that first day in the locker room, like, you know, meeting Simmons and Embiid? Because, you know, Embiid seems like a funny guy, man. You know, he's, yeah. he's a jokester, you know, what, what was... Well, Ben and, ben and I uh, have been texting for a while just because we have a mutual friend. Um, and uh, and so I kind of had, had known him a little bit and was excited to meet him. Uh, Joe and I ran into each other at Steve Nash's charity game about two weeks prior to uh, to free agency. And, and neither of us played in the charity, soccer charity match. So we were just like sitting on the sidelines chatting. I was just asking questions about Philly and stuff. Um just total chance meeting. And then he was at, he was at my, uh, my free agency meeting. So I went, I drove down to Philly uh, on June 30th. This was back when it was still at uh, 12 AM uh, on July 1. So drove down to Philly. I'm in the practice facility right at 12 AM. Um, you know, I, I meet with them and then we ended up going on the court, me, Joe and Brett. And we were like, yeah. I was in a you know, blazer basically. Yeah. We're like running through plays together. Uh, but different actions that Joe and I could run together and, and how we could help each other. Um, so it was like, I, I'm just, and I felt really comfortable with Joe, you know, off the bat. I think we made an instant connection. Um, and the thing with Joe for me is like, um, you know, I, I've always spoken in a very direct way with him and he's always spoken in a direct way with me. And because we're just similar in that way, we can handle each other's shit. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it, so it was, it was just a very easy relationship. Uh, same thing with Ben. I mean, both those guys uh, are, are very uh, like mature. They're, they're, they're ahead of their years uh, in, in, in their ability to be, I, what I, I think their ability to be coached, their ability to, be, to talk to all those guys, you know, really care about is, is just to try, try to win basketball games. They're both super competitive. Yeah, no, and, and then you played, you know, with, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Buckets, too, so uh, you played with him. Um, you know, what, what, was that a tough transition, going from Philly to New Orleans, you know? Um, you know, was that a tough decision for you, you know, because you, know, you were really, you know, had a good relationship or you were really tight with some of these guys? Um, you know, was that a tough move or, you know, was everyone, like, you know, every, was everyone ready to sort of, like, go in their different direction? Uh, no, I mean, we – it was definitely tough. Uh, you know, I want, I, I, I sort of pictured myself uh, retiring in Philly and, and the other component to it was just, you know, I didn't really have any, I've been living in Brooklyn for, for two years and, and commuting and my family was really comfortable in Brooklyn. And so, you know, I didn't, uh, didn't necessarily want to uproot my family, which we ended up doing anyways, but uh, that was a, that was a conversation that we had to have in, in the right. weeks leading up. Like what if, what if Philly isn't the best option? Um, and, uh, you know, so that was, that was definitely tough, but, you know, I think again, you know, the economics of it played uh, a pretty, pretty big piece, but again, it goes back to like, is this a good basketball fit? Um, right. And I felt like New Orleans was going to be a fit. It was an exciting team. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it gave me another opportunity to, to, to uh, become a mentor and, and help some guys down there. Um, so, but it was, yeah, that was, I think of all the free agency decisions, that was the hardest because, yeah. even, 
you know, the, the Philly one year thing was like, it's a great deal and it's a great basketball fit. Let's do it. Um, going to LA, that was easy. Cause that was like, Oh, we got a chance to win a championship, play for doc, play with CP. Yeah. Um, you know, so those were, those were like, even going back to Philly the next year on another one year deal, it was, I, I knew that they were not going to offer me anything but a one year deal that summer. And so, right. and everybody was going to save cap for this past summer. So it was like me looking at one year deals and I'm like, I'm going yeah. back to Philly. Why would I go somewhere else on a one-year deal? I'm going back to yeah. Philly and do it. And and so like, you know, it was it was a hard. And another point too is like, you know, we we got so close last year. Uh, that was just dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. That was, hey, yeah. That was that was stupid. <laughs> but yeah, that was you guys did. You guys killed it. But um, yeah, man. I mean, you guys are killing it. Um, keep it up. Um. There was one more thing I want to ask. Yeah. In terms, of, yeah, because I know you gotta get going. So I don't yeah. Want to um, what's it? What's it like balancing a podcast? You know, working with Bill Simmons in the Ringer, um, and, and you know, also balancing you know family and how, how do you balance the podcast, family, <laughs> and basketball? I mean, that's just crazy, man. Yeah, uh, Bill's been great, and the Ringer's been great because they just kind of give me autonomy and. Uh, and just uber flexibility. You know, it's basically I signed a contract. I've signed a contract with them the last three years, a one-year contract, and it's like, can you do this amount of episodes? I'm like, yeah, probably can. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it work. <laughs> um, so yeah, and they just let me have on whoever I want and, and stuff. But you know, in terms of the balance, I mean, look, my my family is my first priority, but there has to be some level of selfishness with basketball because right. basketball is what takes care of my family. The two sort of go hand in hand. Right. Um, so there are times where, you know, I have to, I have to say like, I, do I want to do three workouts today? Not really, but I need to in preparation for the season or do I want to do the, all the extra stuff and miss picking my kid up from school? Mm. Well, yeah, I do because I have a game tonight and I'm going to, that's, I'm going to prioritize that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I look, I'm a dad first for sure. Yeah. I'm a husband, dad first. And then yeah. the basketball <laughs> stuff sometimes has to come first so that I can, yeah. I can sort of fulfill those roles. And then the yeah. podcast, if I have time, we'll do the yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I I just didn't know. Like, I was like, yeah. this dude's like doing everything, man. Like, cause yeah. like, obviously like I'm trying to balance a podcast right now and I'm like, man, this is time consuming. And yeah. I see you doing like podcasts, like you have a family, you're in the NBA. Yeah. What the hell, man? Like, yeah. how do you, how do you like juggle all this stuff? Plus um, the ringer just got acquired by uh, Spotify too, right? Yeah, they did. They yeah. Did. So yeah. So that's big. Happy for happy for Bill. Happy yeah. for Bill. Yeah. Happy for Bill. Yeah. He's no. he's been grinding a long time at this. So really happy for him. Yeah, man. Hey, uh, I'll I'll let you go, JJ. Uh, you know, appreciate you. You know, taking the time, man. Uh, congrats on the deal. Uh, with New Orleans, big things coming. You got a nice young squad there. Yeah, for sure. You know, keep it up with the podcast. All and, right. Uh, you know, God bless you and your family right. in this uh, difficult time. So. All right. You too. Stay safe, Kevin. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, peace out, Jay. All right, later, bro. Peace. All right, cool. Thanks, man. Be well. Peace.